Master Skywalker. There are too many. Swear words. What are we going to do? <laughs> Terrific. This show contains some adult language and may not be suitable for younglings. Hello there. He's no good to me dead. We're fine. We're all fine here now. How are you? I think you'll fill in nicely. This is where the fun begins. Hello. And thank you for joining us for news, reviews, and interviews from your favorite galaxy far, far away. Hey, my name is Pat, but don't call me Padawan. Collins. And hello there, it's the Mayor of Alderaan, Andy Hamlin. And I'm Ryan. Sith the Bed. Sherman Hess. Well, fellas, oh, I'm glad we took two weeks off. Well, not really, but at the same time... We got a shit ton of Star Wars last week. What was Disney thinking dropping two heaters in one night? Wow. Wow. That was a spicy. spicy. That was a spicy Wednesday night, uh, as as the old Italians say. Officially. Just me? No, it was great. Tales of the Jedi, fantastic. Andor, chef's kiss. Mm -hmm. Some good content. We had some okay stuff for the past year. They've really hammered it home this past few weeks. It's starting to come around. This whole Disney—it's—it's—it went from good to great. Yeah, the episodes consistently long in Andor too. Like they're consistent—they're consistently fifty minutes. Yes, and so much and like even though like people are shitting on that there's not enough action, I feel like plot-wise and character-wise, a lot happens in one episode. Definitely. Right. Uh, like uh, I think so too, and and I, I'm not going to knock any prolific Star Wars YouTubers, i.e., Star Wars Theory. Uh, and, and no, sorry, this isn't a knock. This isn't a knock at all because like everyone is entitled to their opinion, and if you have an opinion, that's amazing. That's what makes these podcasts great because you get to hear different opinions and different points of view. And um, you know, Star Wars Theory's uh, phenomenal as far as what he puts out. But I was listening to his podcasts last week. I just started just started getting into it, which is essentially like an audio version of his YouTube videos. Mm. And, uh, he, I, I listened to the after party from last week's Andor, an episode that I, I thought mm-hmm. was great. Um, mm-hmm. last week was, sorry, that was episode. Oh shit. Was it episode eight? Episode seven? It was the, f- I think it was eight. It was the first one where Andor was like in jail full time for the full week. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, just saying that for the future podcast listeners who may listen to this uh, at a future point in time. Um, it was the same one I was, that was released on the Night of Tales of the Jedi. Anyways, yes, I, I listened to that before I listened to his review of Tales of the Jedi. And he was just like, oh, my God, nothing happened in this episode. Like, he was like one out of ten. Um He's like, that was the most boring hour of my life. Nothing happened. You could easily sum that all up in a seven-minute conversation. It's like, no, nothing happened during it. And I, I couldn't disagree more. Like, you get uh, so much I, uh, character development. You get to see the relationships start to build. You get to see each character. Like, they're, they're not jamming it down your throat with action. Like, they don't need the sword fights to progress a story. Or the lightsaber battles, mm-hmm. sorry, not sword fights. Lightsaber battles to progress the story, in my opinion. Like, this is much more subtle. It's much more political, much more fucking um, cerebral than what 
yeah, yeah. Th- than what a lot of uh, other Star Wars content has been, especially the animation stuff, which is phenomenal, which is great. Yeah. I really, really enjoy that side of Star Wars, but I'm really, really loving this new side of Star Wars that's coming out. It's it's apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. You can't compare the two whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But um, and then he, no, wh- yeah, I, I heard his review of Tales of the Jedi, and he was just like, Disney's fucking finally getting it. Uh, you know, listen to Filoni. All hail Filoni. Anything this guy touches is gold because he has George's original vision, which I don't disagree with whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's just like mm-hmm. he, he, like I, I was just different. as positive about. Yeah, it's different. Um, yeah, so. I feel I feel like theory loves the prequels and loves like the Clone Wars and all that. Really, all those callbacks. But yeah, I'm loving Andor. And the last week episode, I thought was great. I'm mm-hmm. the whole jail. I don't know about you guys. Had like a bit of an existential crisis when they when they're you know how repetitive their day to day is, and it's just like meaningless. Like you're never getting out. I'm like, oh my god, is this what, what do I do at work? Like, does it mean anything? <laughs> I just punch at a clock and just like every day. It's like, hey, forty more days and I get that promotion. Um, <laughs> but no, I thought it was fantastic. Well, that was probably exacerbated by this week's episode. Uh, spoiler alert as yes. well. If you've not watched it yet, this is. Uh, I think this will be released on Friday morning, so you've had a full two days to to watch it. Um, but uh, yeah, where that big reveal at the end of the episode too. Let's get to the full episode. We don't have to get fast forward to the end. But what do you guys it. think of Andor? We'll it. get to that first, and then we'll do Tales of the Jedi next. Like of a specific episode or just overall? Uh, the, well, I, I guess the last two episodes. What have you guys thought of Andor? Yeah, like I, I mean, I. I loved it. I, I love what Ryan said a few weeks ago about uh, how he fucks off to space Miami. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, uh, I thought I thought that was really funny. Um, but then he ends up in that play in that in that jail. Which I mean, what's his name in it? Um, Andy Circus. Andy Circus, fucking yes. awesome. I'm like, are they going to connect this to him becoming Snoke? Like, are they going <laughs> to show him being taken off? To then use his body to create cloning, and it all just goes wrong. That that would be amazing. I didn't even think about that. I thought it was more like a nice, like, hey, that part that we gave you kind of didn't go anywhere. Let's this, we're going to give you another part in Star Wars. But I kind of like that that fan theory. I love that. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be fucking great. But I mean, you're probably more accurate. That's where they're probably just giving him a, right, a live right. action nod. But um, I thought the whole the whole thing was great. I really enjoyed. Uh, well, what would be today's episode that we watched? Um, again, just kind of more of the politics side. Like I, my favorite scene of the, so the whole thing was great. Lots of little things that kind of build up suspense for next week. But what I really liked was as Ma and Mothma was talking in the, mm. uh, Senate, she called it like a temple, which I thought was sort of like a little nod to the Jedi mm-hmm. subtly being like, this is still a temple. Like, mm-hmm. is this not a sacred temple type of idea? Like inside within the Senate, but I love everyone was turning off the lights of their pod. Like basically yeah, yeah. showing like they're clicking off their pod. Like, okay, we're done. We're not listening to this. Yeah, yeah. And it just shows how like, much of a farce what they're doing is. Yeah. Um, like not even Palpatine or anyone is in like, they haven't even shown that the, the mid the center thing that comes up from his office. Yeah. Like they haven't even shown anyone in it. It just sits there. <laughs> yeah. They're just, which like, I think it's is, a, is it's more a show. in some ways it, it actually, it would serve the story better in a way if he never shows up because it just shows how unengaged he is. He just doesn't give a shit. And he's just like, oh, oh yeah, not even worth my time. It's not worth but, it anymore. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you guys, I'm finding 
like a, the sign of a good show, I think, is when they have these like B stories and every single one of them you're interested in. Like every every episode, I'm like, oh, this one part was amazing. Oh, that was amazing. Like, you know, like the Imperial stuff is so fascinating. Like that dude from Game of Thrones, I don't know his name. Like every scene that those yeah. people are in and the intrigue and the back and forth and the power play is just so good. Um, and when that woman was like interrogating um, Andor's like friend and just how like cruel and just like, Oh, it's fantastic. The acting on the show is just incredible. All these plot, everything. Um, did you guys recognize who the old guy is? I recently saw someone point out who it was. Do you know who he is? No. You know, in the original Batman, like 1989. Yeah. You know, like one of the opening scenes is like the two like um, criminals that rob that couple. Oh, the, no that family shit. at the very beginning. He's like, oh, he's like, the bat. there ain't no bat. <laughs> Yeah, it's that guy. Really? Oh my gosh! I always, I yeah, always yeah. Used to have like a Popeye cigarette because when that guy's talking, a cigarette is like just dangling out of his mouth. It's just yeah, dangling yeah. somehow, being held by some like dry saliva. And the way he's talking, like yeah. there ain't no bet, and it's just like flopping yeah. up. So anytime I had a Popeye cigarette, I'd always try and hold it just like that guy did. But uh, Olaf—that's yeah. his name in the show. Olaf. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, fucking tragic too. Oh my gosh! And that's... you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming, though. Every that when they first introduced him, and he was just kind of slowing down. I bet like, oh fuck, he's gonna die. But essentially, die, here's he? what's going on with that, though. And again, like, sorry, we're kind of fast forwarding to the end of the most recent episode. For um, as far as like, we're not going scene by scene with this shit. I don't think we ever have, anyways. So that's no, maybe no real big surprise. But anyways, what they're essentially doing and setting up now, especially with the turn of Andy Circus, the manager, the guy who's supposed to be keeping the prisoners mm-hmm. in line. Again, a fellow prisoner, but supposed to be keeping them in line. Mm-hmm. He's kind of now on board with. Uh, it's kind of like symbolizing the growing of the rebellion, and this mm-hmm. this like prison colony is essentially going to, I'd assume, a good chunk of them go to the Rebel Alliance. It's going to be like yeah, yeah. a whole almost army that they could just take up. And yes, they're not going to take them all, certainly. But we've seen other prisoners. What's his name? Ma- Mally? Um, shit, what's his he name? He ends up in... Uh, he was in Rogue One. He's in Rogue One, right? Yeah. Right? Like, so clearly they get out and he's a like an ally of Andor. Yep. Uh, I think he says no. even at one point, with you to the bitter end or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he even says that in Rogue One at some point. Someone said that online when I was uh, looking okay. at the episode a little bit more, but um, it's just going to show that like, yes, puppy, I know you want to talk to in the episode. That's fine. That's fine. But the, the whole rebellion is just getting, it's, it's starting. The spark has been lit. The fuse is burning away and there's, there's going to be this explosion uh, soon coming as we've seen, like there's been an upheaval in the prison uh, mm-hmm. as a result of the realization that no one is getting out of there. Count your days so, down yeah, all so you when, want. When when the doctor was explaining what happened, I kind of missed what he said. Was he saying that someone from four who was told they were getting out was just sent to level two? Yes. And then there was a bit of like a whole hubbub and then they just killed everyone in level two. And once that got out. But like what what, what the confusing part for me about that was, if that's what they do, if that's their modus operandi. Well, as soon as they showed up in the next level, they would know like, wait a sec, like. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm what's, supposed to leave, right? What's the incentive? <clears throat> so that would happen more up? often. And why wouldn't they tell Unless people? they were like, you know, unless, you know, that guy kept getting mixed up, that old dude 
And yeah. it's like, oh, he's only 40 days left. Maybe they like fuck up their brain and just move him to a different section each time. Oh, okay. And that's why he was all messed up. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Hmm. Well, I, I like I, that. I, yeah. Nobody really gets I, out, right? That's yeah. And I was wondering too, if, if between the floors, you see how like they're assembling stuff, is that the other floors are deassembling it? And it's just back and forth. Just this loop. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine? Just constant. That'd be great. What are, they actually, think, what are they actually assembling, though? We don't know. know. That's the thing. I, it, I've heard some theories say, oh, it could be, obviously, the obvious one is like it's they're making the Death Star. Or the other one was like, oh, they're just like building <laughs> onto the, the structure they're in, mm. um, making it bigger and whatever. So it's just constant maintenance. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But he, he, I think, Pat, you pointed out how, like, the show kind of works in these little arcs. And so, like, I, you know, the last time it was like they were building to the heist. Yeah. And so I feel like this episode was is building to escape. And I think next week will be the escape. And then there'll be one last thing for the final episodes, I think. So what, what episode was this? This was episode I, nine. Nine it was 12. Yeah. So next week's the escape. And then I think 10 and 11 or sorry, 11, 12 are going to be some lot, po- lot of political shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still it. on board with the old arc idea, and I think the next episode is really going to be a telltale sign of that. Because um, this has essentially mm-hmm. been like the prison arc, almost, where mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. gets sent to prison in episode, uh, what was it, episode 7? And then episode 8, he's in the prison the entire time. You get a sense for what life is like there. You get a sense for uh, the despair that they're feeling in there. You know, you get the one guy who jumps on the floor while it's in the red mode. Um, you just That's see the so repetitiveness. Tragic. You're just like... Shit, like I wanted uh, <laughs> credit to Star Wars theory. Um, you know, you're just like, I want this to end because it's like, I, I, I didn't want the episode to end, but I just wanted to get a sense of relief on behalf mm-hmm. of those prisoners because there is no satisfaction mm-hmm. that, they, that they're going through. And I think that's like, you know, cinematographically speaking, <laughs> that is the word I'm sure, it's it, they're doing a very good job of kind of making you empathize sympathize with those characters to get that sense of hopelessness and you're just you like you just want to fight to get out of it and that's kind of Mm -hmm. creating your own like creating the rebellion and the watcher themselves and like you're you're starting to get on the side of the uh, other rebels because you're just like yeah fuck the empire this place is awful they imprisoned you for doing nothing and now keep you there so ah, i'm mad let's rebel bit of a tangent but still in the episode when what's like the keener guy what's his name the guy that worked like in the cubicle and is trying to hunt down Andor? i don't uh, know what his name uh, is keen with the creepy with the creepy mom yes like <laughs> four feet tall um <laughs> so i anyways when he, when he about 25 years ago you how do you think sad. i <laughs> <laughs> oh, we used to go way back. Anyways, the scene where he stalks the the imperial woman and question and like, did you did you anyone pick up that sexual tension there? Oh, there, there's like a weird love up? story there that's happening. Uh, Cyril Karn. There's something. Karn is his name. Cyril. That's that's yeah. right. But like when he's like, they're like, like she's like staring at him. She's like, you, I could have you arrested for this. And they're just like pausing with each other. I'm like, you guys better fuck. Oh yeah. There's, there's gonna be some like some <laughs> Stuart. Like really <laughs> like formal and yeah, I like abiding sex. You know how we tied it to, we talked about how it's the first time we actually like see start people in Star Wars have sex or like assume they've had sex. Yep. Uh, yes. The one scene. 
it's like also the first time I think where someone dies in star Wars and they actually refer to the death as like a death we would have in real life. Like when he says he had a massive stroke. Yes. It's not like, Oh, that was actually like really real. Right. It wasn't like this idea of like, Oh, like a blaster unregulated in the body. Like you died of a broken heart. Yeah. Yeah, died of a broken heart. She seems a blaster fine, shot to the face, but yet she's willing. She's losing the will to live. Like what? Not she has no will to raise her children. No. Hey, robot. What? That's not how science works, bud. <laughs> yeah. So, like the guy that that fact he says like he's he's had a massive stroke. Like there's nothing I can do. It's just like again, it kind of brings a level of realism into it that I don't you think might want to step aside. Really you might want to step aside. He's about to piss and shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, when they brought in that doctor um i was hoping when i saw like like his hairstyle the horseshoe um and it's a doctor uh fuck what's his name he was in he was first introduced uh okay dr evazan evazan dr evazan cornelius evazan uh so this is the guy with the pig nose who roughs up Luke oh. in the cantina. I'm on yeah, yeah, yeah. death on 12 systems. I was hoping that like, as he was fixing him, something would blow up in his face, make him all scarred and shit. And like, cause he's, he's apparently a shitty doctor. This, this doctor who comes around, he's like, I never help anybody. Yeah. I'm just here to count my shift down basically. And he's a prisoner. Uh, so I was just, when I saw him and I saw the style, I was like, Oh, is this that doctor guy? Fuck. That'd be amazing. But uh, alas, that, that is either not yet true or not yet true. Not yet true. <laughs> still could be true. Still could be. Still could be. We'll hold out hope. Uh, yes. And then Ponda Baba, the, uh, 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 that guy, the, they'll meet up in the prison. He doesn't somewhere. like you. I don't like you. Why is that prison <laughs> only humans as well? I oh, found that to point. be a little bit. A little bit kind of weird. I never, it's like opposite racist. Right? Speciesist. Maybe, you know what? Maybe, maybe they are building something important. It's not just meaningless. And like Palpatine doesn't want any like non-human hands. He doesn't trust any non-humans to do it. Well, that that is part of the lore is that Palpatine was very much. I, I don't know if that's, I know that was in like a Legends, something in Legends I remember reading. That he was very much like pro humans he just didn't he didn't have much regard for other species um i i I can't remember i I just remember hearing that or reading that in a couple different books like just and again that was kind of like a way to retcon why the empire was like exclusively humans um for the original trilogy but uh but that that was part of it is that palpatine was notorious for not liking or not digging alien help um, but like, but but the fact Which that is it's why a prison... he killed Jar Jar Binks in the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> He's his sexual puppet. Oh. Where is Jar Jar? Where is Jar Jar? Nah, they, they they have to ra- someone has to acknowledge. I think it would be a great tale of the Jedi. Tales or, of the Jar Jar, uh, like that type of thing. Maybe not tale of the Jedi because he's not Jedi, but like tale, like a tales type arc. Tales of the assholes. Mm-hmm. Like we'll have two- him and Watto. <laughs> Tales of the racial stereotypes. 
<laughs> oh yes yes oh that's they, they would not survive the me too movement uh era of pc culture those 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 <laughs> those two rascalians oh my golly yeah but uh them and the nemoidians I don't have any predictions for this show in some sense. Obviously, we know, other than the obvious ones, that Andor escapes. <laughs> and, and gets into the rebel alien. Um, but other than that, I don't really... I don't know. Like, he's been casing the joint. Like, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, it's, and, and, and as far there, as, like... It, oh, sorry, go ahead. Was there any significant? I was going to ask you, Pat, is there any significance to the, the man that uh, Mon Mothma is potentially going to get money from? That name? Davos, I think they said? Is there, there any wider Star Wars significance or no? I thought there was a Davos at one point, but um, I think that was like a Legends guy, maybe? That he had like black hair. Uh, anyways. Um, uh, I just looked up Davos on my... I'm just Googling on my phone here. Davos and then Davos Seaworth from uh, Game of Thrones popped up. Mm. Obviously a different guy. Uh, no, it's, it's not ringing any bells immediately. Laic Darvos? Davos? Yeah, that's what I saw. Mara Davos? Mara Davos? I don't know. Can't see it right now. But, um, uh, yeah, no, no, nothing is popping into my head immediately about them. Hmm. Um, and, uh, so something we missed from Andor previously, the guy's name was Admiral Ularin. I think we mentioned it last week. The guy who's like, the general. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah, like the, yeah. the Clone Wars guy, and then is in the background in a, in a New Hope. Yes, and, oh, and with a, the guy the mustache. Yes, yeah. mustache, yeah. Uh, mustache guy. So Admiral Ularin. And another cool thing. Uh, sorry, this this is a shout out to my cousin. Thank you, Brandon, for bringing this to to my attention. So you know, at the beginning of uh, the show Andor, and even in la, last week's episode, they did it when they went to go visit the grandma. Maybe it's two weeks ago. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, or sorry, Cassian's mom. Adopted mom. Where everyone's banging outside. Like banging and making yes. like loud noises. <laughs> <laughs> I just caught what I did there. Banging. Everyone's banging outside. They're so banging, anyways. Banging outside. The bodies are banging. Banging away. <laughs> blasting in the streets. As you do. What are you going to do, Empire? Huh? You going to stop me? You're going to send me to a I'm menial camp it. and make me count my days down for all eternity? <laughs> oh, shit. You did. That's how the that's how the episode ends. Hey, look at this body. Mm, hey, look at this body. Anyways, sorry. So that is that is a cultural <laughs> shout out. Now I'm just now we're gonna look like assholes here. That is a cultural shout out to uh, to Diego Luna and Mexico because in okay. uh, a lot of Mexican villages, towns, whatever, whenever like the police or even cartel or some kind of like authority would be coming in looking for someone. Everyone would just start like banging their pots outside or banging, making lar- like large amounts of noise, banging away. And it's a very Mexican thing, apparently, or Latin American thing. Uh, or, or like well known. Say, say, ba- say banging one more time. Banging. I was banging. Well, uh, another, another thing that I missed from an earlier episode, and I saw, I think, a YouTuber I read it somewhere talk mentioned. So, you know, when Luthen is listening to that. The, the like the like that radio thing yep. and it's like recapping kind of what happened um in terms of the with the the heist that they did yep 
So it's not some sort of news feed or someone recapping. It's someone literally saying what they're discussing in that that when the empire is having that meeting. So there's someone in that room who's a mole relaying an information to him. He's literally they're literally reciting exactly what is being said. Ha! Huh. Interesting. Kyber and I didn't. Kyber? I didn't include. Maybe. I was Maybe thinking it was that the, the red-haired guy with the mustache. He looks suspicious. Yeah, th- they did. They did show up late. Those two, didn't they? Uh, apologies, we were held up yeah, yeah. on whatever. Um, yeah. So if you go back and rewatch it, you realize it's not just like someone kind of recapping the heights. It's, it's what the, the, they were literally just talking about. Yeah. Interesting. Or, or it's the other way around. Either either it's what Luthen's listening and then it cuts to the room. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Mm. I'd like the I'd like a twist to be like uh, that girl De- Dedra. That's her name. The uh, the Imperial like hoity-toity biatch who's hot on the case of Andor. I don't know. I think she's too. She seems too into it at this point. I would. I thought that initially, but these last few episodes where they're the guys like, what are we gonna do with that guy? I want to hang him. Sure. Yeah, and then, and then she tortures the girl to get the information. Yeah, that was that was a really interesting thing when the guy was describing like where they got like that was such an interesting choice and so yeah. unique and weird. What did like, oh, yeah, they do? It just like projects images in her head that are like distressing. No, it's it's the sound. Basically, there was like these creatures that they wiped them out, but in the last moment, they released this like terrifying like screech, um, and then it fucked up all the soldiers or something. So they recorded it and then. That's what they play, yeah, yeah. Wow. And it was, it was interesting because I don't think they got a lot from her with that, did they? I don't know. I don't think so. Like, what else would she really know? Like, she doesn't actually know where Andor is right now. No, I don't think no. she knows who Luthen. She doesn't know who Luthen really is. No, no. Like, it's just she just got like, so. yeah. And and I was struggling with that a little bit because I was like. Okay, it's it's cool they're showing interrogation tactic. I think like a more cute nod would be to send in like this is our brand new interrogation droid and have like that big sphere uh come in just go wah 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 wah. It's like ah hey, I remember you. I was I was like half expecting that when he said like it's new technology. I was like ah oh, here it comes. I, oh, it's a fucking backwards fucking Oculus headset that uh, you know what I mean. I never thought about that with that orb thing where the syringes, it wouldn't actually hit you. It would just like it'd be too short because the orb would just like it's, bump into you. It's tummy was too just, big. Just try, <laughs> try a little, can you just come over here for a second? Give me your arm, please. Could you, could you just stab your, could you just lean your elbow into it? Thank you. <laughs> just, I just have to swab it first. Just give me a second. <laughs> I'm sure it had an extendo arm. You guys. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, Andor, like, I got nothing as far as prediction goes. I'm just enjoying the ride right now, to be honest. It's... Uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's... It, yeah, I, I I couldn't disagree more with uh, Jaboy Star Wars theory. You know, all props to a guy who's dedicated a career to making YouTube videos on Star Wars lore and explaining it and, like, kudos, fucking appreciate mm-hmm. everything he does. But uh, as far as, like, his review of how boring a lot of that shit is... I disagree. I, I'm I'm hooked in completely and just loving it, loving it, loving it, loving it. So yeah, yeah. And I feel like it, it's it's a testament to that. Like if it wasn't a Star Wars show, I'd still enjoy it. Hundred yeah. percent. And I can't yeah. I can't I can't say that for some of the other shows. Yeah. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, I enjoy them because they're Star Wars, but like in terms of plot and the way they're actually made, I'm like, these could be better. But this one is like fantastic. Well, the only shows we've had are Mandalorian and well, Boba Fett, which is Mandalorian 2.0. Well, that's a nice segue because we've Kenobi. also had the Kenobi. Is a, Kenobi is was its own thing, right? Like, yeah. Hey, I'm the first person met the man who loves Obi Wan. Like, completely biased by Obi Wan. I I actually like the Andor show better, but Whoa. it's almost like I want to find yes, that. But it's also I got to find my old audio clips not, of Andy saying, uh, "Andor, ugh, pass, snore." Hey, I, I think I think I, I think I I initially said to that Andor, I'm like, who gives a shit about Andor? <laughs> well, what I didn't <laughs> anticipate them doing is going into as much of the the Mon Mothma politics shit. Like, I kind of thought it was coming, but I, they've done such a good job balancing it out. But they've also done mm-hmm. such a great job making Andor likable. Like, I think Ryan, you said it last episode, like the scene with his mom, and she goes, Oh, that's love. I'm like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like, that type Ooh. of stuff builds an attachment to him that we're in Rogue One. Like, I don't really care that he dies in Rogue One, right? No. Like, this, this series, I don't really care Jyn Erso dies in Rogue One, to be honest. <laughs> but like, the, the, this series makes that moment in Rogue One for him. If, honestly, I, at this point, they even made, they've made already made redefined it for me. Like they've already re, they've made it different. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like I actually am more attached to his character. So now, therefore, when I watch Rogue One, I'm like, oh, it's it is kind of sad that he dies, right? Like you think of what he went through and like mm-hmm. the rebellion and what he gave, and to kind of not actually see the fall of the Empire, right? Mm-hmm. Like he actually didn't witness the fall of the Empire. That's that's disappointing. It becomes kind of a tragedy, doesn't it? Like, uh, and, and I don't mean yeah. tragedy like ah, poor you. It's like the Shakespearean sense of just like having a complete story that just ends in sadness. Um, but yeah. at the same time, mm-hmm. what he was ultimately fighting for, we haven't seen this fight yet from Andor, but we, we no. can kind of connect the dots between the Andor that we've seen in the show so far and the eight or nine episodes that we've had. And then mm-hmm. um, all the way up to Rogue One, you, you know in between there that there is like a huge spark in him that just makes makes that fight like worth fighting. And so ultimately yeah, I mean, his, his dream it, is realized so it's kind of like they're fighting for him and in a way. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't make sense. Yeah, but right. it's just like I agree with that. I and also too like to go back for a second, like I you can't really compare it to, to Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan really wasn't a TV show. No. No. Right? You're right. Like and originally it was it was supposed to be a movie or a set of movies. And they made it into a six-part miniseries, but it's really not. It really wasn't a TV show. That that was built as one long movie that they just divided into episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, From its conception, it's a different flair. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's got a different vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and to be fair, to Mandalorian and Boba Fett can definitely do that. But yeah. I still think I think it's better than those, which it's kind of surprising because like I was super into Mandalorian, right? Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I would say Mandalorian season one, in terms of actual like structure and plot, is, was like my bar. Even though I'd say I, on a personal level, I like season two better just because of how it ended. Yeah, <laughs> but, but if I'm being honest, I'd say objectively season one is probably better. I would, but I'd say Andor is like seeding all that. Like it's just it's such a well made show, and I think too like we have to get like they spent like two years making Andor. Like when did we find out that they were doing Andor? 
It's yeah, been a long, long time. time. Oh, and, yeah. It was one of the original fact. shows they they um they teased with the um release of Disney Plus. Yeah, right alongside yeah, yeah. Lando. Then, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> well, and then no offense to Diego Luna, but like he's no Ewan McGregor. So Ewan McGregor has a tight schedule. They can only work with him for so long. Um and I feel like it was a little bit rushed. So the special effects and the plot and some of it's not quite as good as Andor worth like Andor, they really took their time with, they could take their time with it. They could film it, you know, over a pretty long period of time. They could use like sets, they could use locations and, and, and yeah, so you, you, you said that as well. Well, you, you pretty much just said it right now as well, but, uh, uh, Obi-Wan and Mando and Boba Fett are kind of as cool as it is that stage that they're on. What is it called? The volume? Um, the volume, yeah. yeah. They're 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 hindered by that a little bit. As cool as it is. Like yes. it, it's a really neat fucking structure. And I think it was like Yeah. It was a sweet novelty for the Mandalorian when it came out because you could then kind of like uh, it just went along with the filming style of that story. It just made sense. It yeah. was just like sweet, cool. But I think over time that kind of limits you a little bit in what you're able to do. Whereas Andor feels more raw, more real. Everything down to like like the it just helps the dialogue even. I don't know. It's just like mm-hmm. not being confined to that that volume set uh, is is mm-hmm. helping the helping no the story. Awkward chase, no no awkward chases. No awkward chases, certainly. I can't catch this six year old girl. <laughs> ah, darn it. Uh anyways, let's oh, no. let's pivot here, guys. Uh he we... cut himself off from the force. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about like when they first try and kidnap Leia. Oh yeah. And she's like two <laughs> inches away from them. They're like, oh no, it's like a it's three stooges sketch. <laughs> like Scooby Doo. Um Yeah. But Tales of the Jedi. Tales oh, yeah. of the Jedi. Oh. So my all I can say is the the first Ahsoka episode I could have done without. Like it didn't really fit anything else that they did to be quite honest it was kind of boring when I, i'm like this is the one they start with i'm like thank god they released all of them at once because i probably wouldn't have been as inclined to like watch them after but yeah episodes I, I, episodes two through six were great oh great yes i thought it was a f- especially i think the dooku episodes were definitely the dooku best was the them. best and i think i mentioned to this pat to pat offline but like i think my favorite part was just seeing how um impacted dooku was by qui-gon's death like yeah you know, yeah and that's what really kind of pushed him over the edge and like you know it was a passing line in attack of the clones that he even knew qui-gon or was his master but now you see like there's like this emotional core to it like yeah of course he'd be pissed and upset that he mm-hmm. died and do you know my yeah. one thing with with it is i i really enjoyed the uh yaddle stuff in it Oh my God! Yes, so, I, how did I forget so, about that? Bryce Dallas Howard, good for her. I didn't even did not know that until I read it online randomly. Um, but I do kind of wish we would have seen like some kind of brief scene with Yoda and Dooku, considering Yoda was his master. Mm, yeah, agreed. Let's oh, sorry. Mm. Let, let's let's back up a little bit and go. I'd like to go episode by episode with this with this one. Well, mainly because there were short episodes. Okay. There's not many of them. Okay. Let's let's dive deep into those one at a time here. Cue it, okay. it up, Pat. 90, 90 seconds or less per episode. Especially Go. because I made notes while I was watching this. I was like, I got to fucking have okay, something to talk did. about with each of these. I so. did my homework. I got to show down, my work. You're down to 75 seconds. Go. <laughs> so episode one, I, I, I put cute, but not a big payoff. 
as like my one little tagline in there. So it was it was really cool to see. It was cool to see how like yeah, ah- Ahsoka was born and bred into this Togruta community. She or she has got like yeah. a strong uh, a female role model right from the get go, and her mother, who was voiced by Janina Gavankar, who is uh, Aiden Versio. And if you've not played the Battlefront video game, Battlefront 2, that might not make a whole lot of sense. But uh, she's a big character in that, uh, like the main character in that video game. And it's all like motion capture shit as well. So it was uh, uh, cool to see, uh, cool to hear that she was the voice of Ahsoka's mother in that. But it kind of showed that, yeah, she's got a, she's like, uh, I don't want to go all Beyonce with it, but can be misindependent. She's got like a strong maternal genes. Strong maternal set of genes, sorry, uh, that that helps out. Um, I I initially said it would have been cool to see how the Jedi found her, like how the Jedi found her, and then I did a little bit more research and looking into it and recalled uh, through a an image that Plo Koon is actually the one that finds her. Uh, mm. He's like kneeling in a scene in uh, 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 Clone Wars. Season five, episode six, apparently, uh, where you get that scene of Plo Koon and how and like him finding Ahsoka, and I think he even describes how he found her, maybe. But uh, mm. I think that played out might have been another a, a nice little, nice little payoff, um, as opposed to her. Yeah, I think I think I think they could have like I kind of liked what they talked about, but it, yeah, it didn't feel like it warranted the full episode. Like they could have done like a little bit of it. And then, like, Ahsoka is Jedi, and then, like, have, like, a transition, like you said, to her being a bit older and being taken away, yeah, or, like, yeah. you know, have her, like, as a little baby, and then, like, transition to, like, her... Yeah, and, and even... In contrast to her other episode, where, like, she's training, and it keeps ju- time jumping, that was, like, fucking gorgeous episode. Oh, so cool. Um, And, and even yeah. to get, like, an explanation from, like, a, a more meta point of view, an overarching point of view of just... How do the Jedi identify these force using younglings in the galaxy? Because mm-hmm. like everyone, virtually everyone that has force that is force sensitive or born force sensitive is like scooped up by the Jedi, theoretically, right? Like so, like what's their what's their satellite system in order to catch these force sensitive babies? I think that would have been a neat little thing to learn thing to see uh especially because they were there's so much other behind the scenes shit with this tales of the jedi show know, as, uh, as the show went i on. just i just uh i immediately thought of shrek and people bringing their magical things <laughs> <laughs> the donkey talks he takes a talking so good so good uh I'm just trying or just trying to I'm ship out there talking, talking now <laughs> I'm flying. I'm a flying talking about. <laughs> but uh so good. Yeah. But but anyways, episode one was cute. It was nice. It was like me with some parties. Everyone loves parties. <laughs> but uh but on to episode two, unless you guys have more to say about episode one. Because no, again, no, it was no, it was the weakest no. in the series. I'll I think Well yeah. and, and I think the whole like chosen Jedi thing, you know, it's it's overtime. You know what I mean? We I mean, get like it. it's it's the whole plot of the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, they're special. They're gonna save the galaxy. Yeah, but uh, sure. Episode or two. Dooku stuff was great though. I like the episode with Dooku is on Dooku, right? Yes. Uh, Dooku yeah. and Young. And they go to that um, like, derelict 
yeah, just like seeing like that, that's it. Like, cause it's like, you know, before the empire was the empire, they still, the Republic was still kind of shitty. Yeah. Right? Like, you know what I mean? Like there's a reason why people like wanted the safety of the empire. Cause they were kind of disenfranchised. Right. So seeing that, like and seeing the like, Jedi is only, um, seeing the Jedi is only, uh, servants of the Republic. Right. Yes. And that's where that you, you cool. get the seed of Dooku's disen- disenfranchisement with the Jedi start yeah. to start to blossom yeah. start to start to you know germinate um where he's just like yeah we're we're here to get the kid back and then he's kind of like second guessing of that whole thing he's like and then when the senator actually comes he's like our investigation is not done yet or is ongoing or something like that where he's just like yeah he's like yeah whoa like slow your roll bud I want to find out more about what's happening here with with these villagers that you are taking a dump on right now. So, what's yeah. up? <laughs> um, and then well, it the made fact- me think like it's like are the separatists like wrong? <laughs> right? Like, are they the are they really the bad guys? I've thought about I've thought that about the Sith this entire time. Like that's my whole mantra with yeah. it. It's like are they real? Like yeah, if we had someone that was like smart and wise and powerful and not necessarily self interested. That could like go, like a dictatorship could work theoretically. It's just like eh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. So it's like we're we're doomed if we go down yeah. that way. But theoretically, it it could work. <laughs> it could work. Maybe, um, maybe. maybe. But uh, but yeah, it it showed that Dooku had that sense for like the greater good, which is of course like the root of all evil in all of these stories. Like a good villain is not a bad. They don't see themselves as a bad guy. They see themselves yeah, as doing like, things like, for the like benefit. Thanos, right? Exactly. Thanos, mm-hmm. like, he, he, he was doing it for the good of everyone. Yeah. You know, say what you want about him. He's Thanos. Thanos. N- Negan, Negan from The Walking Dead. Negan from The Negan Walking Dead. There you go. I mean, he's a bit of a cunt, but... Uh, uh, oh. Yeah. I did that out. <laughs> what, C-word? Yeah. Is that a bad word? I don't Can't know. say that. I think we have some like British listeners or Irish, uh, Australian yeah. listeners. Uh, definitely UK. This isn't, uh, is it, this isn't. Do we have the the boys R rated rating? <laughs> oh yeah, I always put on the the adult, the eighteen plus uh, uh, stinger okay. in there, so people know they're getting into. See, Anyways, he's a bit of a see you next Tuesday. Tuesday it up, Pat. <laughs> uh, so yes, d- um, Dooku does have that sense of wanting the greater good and just like. Mm-hmm. like ultimately embracing it and you kind of empathize with him you're just like yeah like you stand it up for the little guys against the oppressive mm-hmm. shit that the republic is doing that ultimately becomes the empire um so it's kind of like it'd be interesting to see what dooku would be like had he survived as palpatine's apprentice mm-hmm. right because like he's fighting against ultimately what the empire becomes or what the what the republic becomes within the empire mm-hmm. but like that Sidious's goal this whole time is to be over like mm-hmm. rule everything with an iron fist um so it's like how much of that plan was actually revealed to dooku that's again a big part of the whole star wars lore like what's did he know that he was that palpatine was even Sidious? did he not well, yeah. I think we talked about it. Like, we have I think the, the scene in Revenge of the Sith where he's just about to get his head chopped off and Palpatine's like, do it. Kill him. And it's like he has this look in his eyes that he realizes like, oh, fuck, you're Sidious. Yeah, do it. It's like, whoa, I know that voice. Wait a minute. But uh, but anyways, uh, more mm-hmm. on this episode. Uh, Michael Richardson voices young Qui-Gon Jinn 
Do you guys know who he is? Nope. He's Liam nope. Neeson's son. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. Liam Neeson's I thought son. the animation was also really well done, too. It oh, was. A, yeah. It didn't look creepy or anything. It looked like him. Look, it looked like a young Liam Neeson. Yeah. It was gorgeous. It was so good. Uh, so, yeah. Mike, uh, so, uh, Liam Neeson's son did the voice work for young Qui-Gon there as well. And, and, and like, Qui-Gon's character development within that as well. Showing how smart he is. Like, he's all about the greater good, too. But goes about it mm-hmm. by not force choking people. And forcing his will upon people, he's doing the smart thing to mm-hmm. do, and like using hu- the human emotion, using human tactics behind it. Like he had the he had the thought to run, open up the kids' binders, and say, "Go save your dad right now. You're the only one who can do it." Mm-hmm. Like I, I just got force blasted through this wall, and I'm this guy's best friend. So, fucking go, fucking help your dad, bud. Um, and force blasted. <laughs> Nice, tight, tight, tight. Um, nice. <laughs> but it, uh, it it just yeah. went to show, and, and Duku even acknowledged that he said, "Your actions saved many lives today, young Padawan." And it's just like, mm-hmm. okay, like that's where Duku's respect for respect for uh, Qui Gon is like shown in a not just like mm-hmm. a it, it's not just lip service in Episode Two. Attack of the Clones that Dooku is feeding to Obi-Wan when he's saying like essentially touting on how much respect he had for for Obi-Wan's old master. He's just like yeah, like I, he actually there actually was a bond there. And it, it's just it's showing that the uh, showing that bond and showing yeah. the development behind it also. So maybe kind of think like I could get into like a Sherlock Holmes Jedi show where they show up and have to like investigate and solve a mystery. Because that was kind of like a couple of those episodes there were kind of had that bit of a vibe. There's like this well, kind of twist partway call. through. Well, it's a good segue into the next Dooku episode, right? Three, which it, it had a kind of similar vibe as the Qui-Gon one. Only this time him and Mace are sort of equals. And they're both yeah. kind of next in line for a council seat and sort of that, that next rung in the ladder. Yeah, And I, I thought that was really well done just to show sort of like Mace Windu being like a guy for the rules. Yeah, and that's why he gets ahead, even though yeah. at that point, Duco did the right thing, in a sense. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yet he wasn't rewarded because he did, wasn't, like, you know, towing the party line. Yeah. Yeah. And and that, again, so it just kind of, piece of shit. further shows <laughs> Duku's like, distaste for the council and distaste for how they run things. It's like, yeah. what the fuck are we doing here, guys? Like, are we are we actually the good guys or are we just glorified bodyguards for uh for the republic here glorified militia it's uh it's so like yeah, yeah you start to really i i i love dooku before but i loved 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 this show because it just kind of yeah made him make sense he wasn't just an old i love the sorry go ahead no i, I, I was done there it wasn't just an old fuddy-duddy that was done with <laughs> right the views of today's youngsters yeah, yeah. I love I love the uh, the final scene of that ep- of episode four with him, or sorry, yeah, no, episode three with yep. him and Mace. Yes, where he like Master Window. I heard they're going to offer you the seat, like the way he talks. But um, I like the way um, just the interaction with the two of them. Yes, 
Like, yeah, I just totally. thought it was really, really well done. And it, like you could just tell mm-hmm. that he was just so butthurt over not getting that council seat. Yeah. He was just like, and even though uh-huh. it's a, even though it's an animated show, like I I feel like it was really well done. Yeah, like, those really emotions good. and like the lighting and mm-hmm. and everything in every in every show. And that's something that uh, yeah, uh, Star Wars Theory good. talked about as well. It's like the lighting of the show is unreal. Couldn't agree more with that. Oh yeah, the animation like in the bar or whatever. Oh my god. Um, so and then what was the and then the last episode's the whole Yaddle business right yeah but like but like you said earlier like i love the scene where he sees quaggan so like having liam neeson back for the voiceover yeah but um just yeah how impacted he is by the death i'm just standing and by then, that tree and he's just fucking pissed yeah and then yaddle's like the council's leaving for naboo for the funeral and it's just like mm, fuck you i'm not doing that but what yeah. was interesting is like he had already obviously started like interacting with the emperor prior mm-hmm. to that yes so I kind of wish I would know more about that, right? Like it still leaves a level of mystery around, like how do they actually come? Yeah, and, 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 and how did he convince him? And like, what did he promise that he would do? You know what I mean? Like, like I don't know. It is interesting that he he gets there. He's like, you know, you cross a line. Like Maul didn't have to kill Qui Gon. Like I think that maybe that was part of it too. Is he he thought that he could bring Qui Gon to his side? Yeah. I got that impression. Oh, totally. So well, what it is, I think it's the master manipulation. And it actually even makes that scene where, like, is he realizing Palpatine is Sidious? I think he's also kind of all of a sudden looking at, like, holy fuck, you've been lying to me, just like the Jedi Council did from the Mm -hmm. very beginning. Because I think there's Mm -hmm. this element of Qui-Gon didn't have to die. I can bring him with me. We can become essentially the new Jedi Council within the Republic and restore things to like good order. And I think there was this element of like, cause in one of the episodes, like obviously it's proven untrue when he kills Yaddle, but quite Claudio Mundi says in, um, in the attack of the clones, he's a political idealist. He's not a murderer. Yeah. Right. That's what he says. To, it says in the movie. So obviously he kills Yaddle, but it's this idea that even the Jedi council who still welcome him back, you know, obviously, um, mm-hmm. even though he's not part of the council. Cause like, I think in that final episode when he's standing at that tree, he's actually not a Jedi in that moment. Right. But they've obviously like welcome him to come to the temple as he pleases. Well, that's um, something, that's something I read as well. Uh, so, sorry, the, the finish your thought there. But Yeah. Cause I, I, I read something about like how at that point in that episode specifically, he had already left the Jedi order to become like a counter. Right. Like, he so essentially what they're saying is after, family, like, after Mace Windu took the seat, he just been like, I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. Kind of what Ahsoka did. Like, I'm not a Jedi. Only he got hooked up with the Emperor. But mm-hmm. I think that I think Palpatine actually made this promise of like, we will be the new Jedi Council. Like, we will rebuild the Jedi and make the Jedi in our image. And Right. You know? But then I think for Palpatine, like, obviously he's a Sith, so it's always going to be the the rule of two exactly and I think that's why it's he, a master he, manipulation he, yeah and he never wanted Qui-Gon because that would be too many people so his like he was trying to see how how much of a true believer Juku was like okay if we kill Qui-Gon you still stick around now I know I got you I can do anything yeah I yeah. can make you kill Yaddle right like and that was the final sealing the deal like I have you it's uh it, it's not canon but that Plagueis novel that I'm reading between uh Palpatine Sifo-Dyas Dooku and I think there was another Jedi in there as well. And Sifo-Dyas was much of like the more of like the Qui-Gon but even more like on the Jedi Council's side. 
Like it, it, for his parts of whatever the conversation was, it was very much like of that. But Dooku was definitely swayed a little bit, and you could see his disenfranchisement with within that book. Where I think one of the lines was something to the effect of, "If there is even a single other death, with a, a single other Jedi death at the hands of a, like a, a wrong decision of the Jedi Council, then like I'm out." Essentially. It's it's not said as as explicitly black and white as that, but it's like very heavily alluded to within this book itself, and it just went to show that like mm. Dooku is just like anything else happens, I'm done. And I I did like that they left that Dooku scene up to interpretation. Like he could still be in the Jedi Council, but I think I also read somewhere that he'd left like ten years before the events of Attack of uh, sorry um, Phantom Menace. And yeah, well, that's like he becomes a count, right? I, I read that. I think he like takes his family's namesake or something and, you know, goes back. And yeah, starts, he, yeah. he apparently had no. Um, and again, I, I got to listen to this audiobook. Uh, it's called Dooku Jedi Lost, um, where it, it does apparently talk about like his backstory quite a bit. And I'm not sure if that touches mm-hmm. on his leaving of the Jedi Order. I will report on that as soon as I can listen to it. Um, but, uh, it's, it's very much of the, uh, it shows like his upbringing and apparently he had no love for his parents whatsoever, where he was, he was just like, Mm -hmm. you know, well, essentially like every other Jedi, he was taken at a young age. Uh, so he had no real attachment to his birth family. Like the Jedi order was his family, Mm -hmm. but with the views of the Jedi order with, um, or his views rather towards the, the Jedi council and their decisions and what they stood for, not joining, not lining up with him and his views. It was just kind of like, uh, ultimately led to that decision to step away from it. But this show showed, mm-hmm. like you said, Andy, with him going up to the tree, talking to Yaddle, um, he's, he's, n- he's still welcomed there, which like you say, with the, uh, Kiati Moody scene, like he's a political idealist, not a murderer. They still have like, they left on good terms, or Dooku left on good terms with the council. He wasn't expelled. He wasn't, like, chastised. He was, like... Right. He was still, like, you know, we get yeah. it, man. Well, like, I we think it also it. could be just, like, their, like, blind faith that, like, if he's a Jedi, then he's good. Yeah, you know he, I mean? he like, learned the also, same like, shit as like, the rest of them. So they must... So he can't be bad, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was an unexpected but welcome surprise. Um... Yeah, very much so. I like seeing her, but right. uh, but I I was like, seriously thinking that they were going to connect it to Grogu somehow, like somehow, like because yeah. I got this impression that she had a secret herself, like that's why she kind of appealed to Dooku, and that's why she left the council too, is because she had a secret, like her little love child, little Grogu, that either you know they had found out and said like, well, you can't be a Jedi now, or or she hid it and knew that if they found out that she'd be expelled from the Jedi anyway. And I thought maybe they'd kind of tease it a bit more, but I don't know. Yeah, they kind of buried that a little bit. Like, I left the order too. It's like, what, 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 wait, what, 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 what? Let's like, hear why? that. Like, like I feel like she felt disenfranchised too. Like, there was something there that she, like, I, I think it would be interesting to show that, like, yeah, she <laughs> confided in the Jedi to be like, hey, I have a kid. I fucked Yoda. I know it wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> I, I, I know boss. we weren't supposed to. Okay. But it happened. Like, get out. We were drunk at the Jedi Christmas party. At the Jedi Life Day party. I'm sorry. Mm. Nice you look. <laughs> <laughs> Show me what that 
that mouth do? Wait, uh, fuck, I can't even talk like Yoda anymore. And that's another thing. Why didn't Yaddle talk like Yoda? Is he just have? <laughs> I think so. That's maybe not they a, tried and that's they're just not like, a okay, thing. it doesn't work. Yeah, really? <laughs> he, he just had a stroke at a young age. No one talks <laughs> well, about it. Young is fucking subjective to Yoda, who's 900 years old. So, At the age of 200, a stroke I had. <laughs> so uh, episode five was Ahsoka or four. Yeah, yes, yeah, so we, we're done with the Dooku. One, right? Dooku was awesome. That was he, he was yeah wrapped up nicely. I like that it was kind of like out of order, very much so, very out of mm-hmm. order. Well, it they did kind not of did the one forth. Ahsoka, and then they went three in a row with Dooku, and then they went two in a row with Ahsoka. Yeah, so. Well, it's kind of, I think it was showing the whole lineage, right? So, like, how the failings of Dooku were passed on to Qui-Gon, were passed on to Obi-Wan, were then passed on to Anakin, then to Ahsoka, in a sense. Right. Yeah. Um, right, right, right. And it's like, it. yeah, I think. I don't know. I feel like that's yeah. why they chose those. Because she's the last of that line, and he's, like, kind of, like, the connecting point. Yeah. I do like that episode. I mean, I don't know if there's much to talk about there, like... The training one? I thought it was just so well done. Like, I just thought it was yeah. so interesting. I don't think it, it really kind of shows more, any... like, to chew on, <sighs> but, it, like, it definitely, like, adds to her and Anakin's relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, like, was was Anakin, like, I don't know if you guys ever seen the movie, um, what's it called? The Drumming Movie. Fuck. I can't remember that. Uh, oh. The, the guy from uh, yeah, Maverick. Uh, Drumline, isn't it? No, no, no. It's not called Drumline? Um, talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to look this up. Okay. It's with uh, fucking um, J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. Whiplash. Okay. Whiplash. Whiplash. So the whole point Drumline. of a Fuck. Whiplash <laughs> movie um, like is Miles the J. Jonah. Yeah. yeah with, yeah. with like the whole thing, like how like his, his teacher is an abusive piece of shit. But in the end, he does do the perfect set. Right. So it's like. It makes you question. Clearly, it's still wrong what he does, but it's like, but he's still bring the best. So, like, in that moment, Anakin's being a little, like, abusive, right? Like, she's, like, kind of a kid. She's, like, getting fucked up. Like, she goes unconscious at a few times. He's like, yeah, keep going. She's, she's tough enough. And it's just, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Kind of shows that edge, that line that he's writing. You know what I mean? Like, it's like he's being a teacher. He's doing because he cares about her, but he's like being kind of abusive. Like, that's a good point. Because I, in my little notes here, I said it, it really showed that it was Anakin. Yes, Anakin, not the sadistic Vader that was training Ahsoka. But I guess there was some elements of like sadism in that where he's just like, again, again, well, yeah, because- again. Yeah, and then he he didn't want to do the typical training the Jedi were doing. He's like, I'm going to take you and do my own thing behind the scenes, and it it saved her life later on. Yes, but yes, in absolutely. a way, it's like, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah it's, I, it's one of those things, right? Totally. Um, I did, my my favorite episode. I mean, other than the Dooku stuff, my favorite episode, my favorite episode was the final one with the uh, and her at the funeral, Padme's funeral. Yes, that mm. was so cool. And then I had and the, then the uh, Organa. And, you know, I just thought it was really good. The f- fifth brother so or like sixth brother? One of the brothers? One of the Inquisitors? The Inquisitor. Is that Inquisitor referenced in anything else or just this? Uh, he's, no, he's any, in the, uh, the Ahsoka yeah. novel, uh, but apparently he's described differently in the Ahsoka novel. I listened to that audiobook a while ago. I started listening to it again and then just fell off 
the wagon. Uh, but there, there was a lot. He's kind of got a that. grievous. He's kind of got like a grievous thing going on. Well, and the weird like thing it. is, when she fought him, his like his little helmet thing kind of came off and like deflated. And then I was like, I think, is there going to be some sort of reveal of who's under that? And it, it wasn't. They didn't. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um. They, they, they took quite a bit from the, um, uh, the Ahsoka novel, but I think they changed up some of the names of some of the characters. Apparently. Um, hmm. uh, but like Ashla, she went by that. That was like her suedo name, suedonym, suedonym, her alternate name, pseudonym, pseudonym, uh, that she assumed nom de plume, which is, uh, yeah, nom de plume, uh, which is in the book as well. <laughs> and, uh, she penny, she wrote, uh, all of her, uh, Bridgerton esque kind of, no, um, Anyways, she assumed this character of Ashla, which uh, as well is another kind of Star Wars pull where Ashla was initially the name of, I think, the force in George Lucas's like early, early, early concepts of what, what the Jedi were and what they were coming from. Like it was, it was Ashla. And that was an initial, uh, initially one of the names for Ahsoka that was being bounced around. Uh, but Ashla, in current Star Wars lore, is the name of one of the moons of Tython. And Tython is where, that's where Grogu went, where he blasted off the message to meet Luke Skywalker and got lifted up by those hmm. monsters. That's where you met Ahsoka as well. Uh, Tython was the birthplace of the Jedi. It's where, like, all Jedi originated or originated from. There's two moons there. One of them is called mm-hmm. uh, Bogan. Which is which uh, embodies the dark side, and the other mm. side is Ashla. The other moon is Ashla, that is the light side moon, the moon of the light, the moon of the light side. So, like, if you were too far gone on Tython in either the light side or the dark side, you went to your respective moon and you get sorted out, I guess. Or <laughs> that's where like they went okay. to get kind of balance out a little bit more because without balance, the force was just in complete chaos. There is no dark without light. There is no light without dark. There needs to be some kind of balance between them both. And that's where, you know, ultimately the fall of the Jedi Mm -hmm. was they were trying to be too much in the light without allowing a little bit of that balance to come into play here. Yeah, yeah. So That actually in some ways makes Rey's character from the the sequels make more sense. Well, that's on all the the theories and everything leading into episode 9. I thought it was going to lead to basically like Luke had been away rediscovering and studying the Jedi order and realizing that the way forward was to be a gray Jedi. And he was going to teach Ray how to be a gray Jedi. And then that's how they were going to defeat Kylo or like come together. But no, he's just a cranky bastard that sucks the boob off some weird fucking thing. Anyways, <laughs> some space walrus. Bring it back to the rear right now. <laughs> Bring it all um, back. The only thing I didn't, I wish I would have got in the uh, the final Ahsoka episode is if they would have alluded to how Padme dies, like what the narrative in the galaxy is. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Because we didn't know, like, I, and I'm actually in some way secretly also hoping for that in Andor, whether it be season one or season two. Right. It's just some sort of subtle reference, mm-hmm. like even Mon Mothma being like, like 
the Jedi didn't kill her. Like he did. Right. Like this idea that she knows that like, it's because of him <laughs> that she's dead or something like doesn't have to be much, but like, I just, I'm kind of hoping for something that sort of like gives you the answer. Yeah. Like, what is the narrative out there? Like, are they saying the Jedi killed her? And that's part of how they like. Yeah. Even if there was like a newspaper to, like, blowing around okay the funeral with it, or like what, what happened? Yeah. Are they going to say that Anakin Skywalker killed her? Which is not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. like, people then associate I mean, that with the Jedi? Yeah. I think they would probably, like, some... Because Naboo, Palpatine was also from Naboo, and I feel like he'd want to, like, build off that sympathy that he would probably frame it as, like, the Jedi killed her. Yes, yeah. 100%. Right? 100%. And that's um, kind of just, like... But watching that episode, too, seeing where, I think, Ahsoka kept her, like, spaceship or whatever down in that river... It yeah, made me think yeah. about like uh, that fan theory that we had going into Kenobi that like how sick would it be if that final fight was like between like Obi-Wan and Darth Vader on Naboo, like mm. by Padme's grave and like the uh, scenery yeah. there. Like, oh, that would look cool. That would like be a sick spot. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Sons of bitches. See, that would have been good. But, yeah. Uh, I, I still wish they would have done that. As good so. as that, as good as that final scene and duel was, that sort of, for me, brought the whole series together and made the series. I think the whole idea of bringing them back together was really building off, like, the prequel. Like, like re- I don't know. It was a subtle balance between building off the prequels, but also, like, kind of reframing some things for people. And, um, but I think it was, like, a missed, op- that was, like, one missed opportunity. Totes. Damn, but add a little more emotional weight to it. Yeah, yeah because like, the hey. whole, I, I've said it all the way through. The only re- like, I mean, he turned to the dark side for a variety of reasons. He was he was run by his emotion, and then not he was essentially get not given opportunity within this thing he had dedicated himself to, right? Like he felt betrayed in a sense by the Jedi that they weren't giving him like, in our terms, like promotions. Yeah, <laughs> that he felt like he deserved and, and earned, right? Um, so I think like, you know, it's, it's really relatable, but like, it's one of those things where at the end of the day, the thing that actually sent him over the edge to the dark side was the fact that he loved Padme so much and didn't want to lose her. He was trying to save her. Yeah. And then he, lo- and then he lost her and he also lost her in the context of he thought in some ways, because he was so like deranged and like mm-hmm. just blinded by his rage and his anger and what was going on that she he actually in a moment believed that she intentionally brought obi-wan with her to kill him which is then another betrayal so like to ha- like to, so to not build off of that in like the final scene of not like yeah. you don't have to men- you don't have to name her you could just put vader in front of like a tomb like a yeah. mausoleum and just know where it is yeah and, so, and i feel it, like obi-wan it would have felt heavier yeah yeah, it would also give Obi Wan, I think, a bit more agency too. Like, I feel like he just kind of like accidentally chooses to fight Darth Vader in that moment. He's like, "Fuck, this is our only thing we can do is I can I can distract him while you guys get away." Could you imagine if he's on that ship and he says to like Roken, uh, Ice Cube Junior, there, um, set a course for Naboo? So like he's already like the Naboo system. Like he's already then inside Vader's head. More, yeah. more so than he even is just by like Vader knowing where he's going. True. Yeah. I thought that would have just been, would have been really cool, but here we are. I digress. Andrew's great. <laughs> Tales, 
Tales were great. Tales crushed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I, dying. I see to... more of these like one-off stories. 100. Yeah, percent There's so many. Little, little... Like I, I would, I would totally go for like a Grievous one, um, a Yoda origin. Mm-hmm. God, there's so many you could do. Or your Pat, you made me think too when you were talking about like, oh, what if Dooku didn't join Sidious? What, what would have happened? Like, I'd love to see like a what if series, like they did for Marvel. Yes. Mm. Like, how cool would that be? What What would happen if Anakin didn't actually turn the dark side and he raised Luke and Leia? Like, well, that's essentially what Star Wars that's, theory. That's, uh, you know, I think like once a week or so, he does an episode like that. Like, what if Dooku ultimately became the apprentice? What if Anakin survived? What if, um, uh, you know, who would win between? these two characters like a lot of those theoretical kind of things that uh you know a, a lot of the fans are digging a lot of fans are into so uh and there's been a great success with uh legends era book series uh tales of so there's like tales of the bounty hunters tales of jabba's palace tales of moss Eisley cantina um my current mm. favorite book series and it's only two of them two anthologies so far uh from a certain point of view which is these side mm-hmm. characters getting their stories fleshed out a little bit more to make more of a complete story for mainstream Star Wars media that's going out there. And that's essentially what Tales of the Jedi is. It's just like a couple of side characters that got their stories fleshed out a little bit more. Um, so it's... it's. I, I yeah. Was, you, know, you, you said Tales, Tales of the... the Tales of the um, Sith would be good. Bounty, Bounty Hunter would be interesting because you could do like Django and Boba and do like parallel stories, but then you can also do like those random, you know, like Dengar and Bosk. Fucking Bosk and just these random one off stories. Or I guess well, your boy, Blueface Man. Tales of Cad Bane. Oh my Cad god. Bane. Eat my entire ass right? while you're doing that, please. Oh my god. Yeah. Wait, what? Um <laughs> but uh, So yeah, I think that that's a great series too, you know. There's there's so much bounties, different what? eras. Oh, I think he said the Pat, eat, Pat eating his ass. I'm not going to eat my own ass. Series. Not an animal <laughs> or a contortionist. <laughs> Believe me, if I can't, no, never mind. Not with that um, attitude. Yeah, <laughs> are you a quitter? Or are you, never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of potential for where where shit's going to go, and I think Disney's going to see those metrics of how satisfied people were with Tales of the Jedi, and. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we get like two of these a year going forward. Um, yeah, maybe that's wishful thinking. Yeah, maybe that's very ambitious. Uh, but there's that, and then you know, I guess we got the Bad Batch on the horizon as well. But I don't know what's mm-hmm. on the animation docket beyond that. Um, so maybe they'll just lean into the tails a little bit harder. And I think it'd be great. I think it'd be great if I, they did it. I mean, I like that um, that other animated series they did around this time last year. That like anime one, I found that actually pretty interesting. Oh yeah, that was September some, last year, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, some of the episodes were definitely better than others, but like I've I think never watched it. You should watch it. Honestly, it at least those first few episodes. There, there's some really good ones there. Like like they the created a book out of the Ronin one, um, which I, I think was the best one. That was my favorite. The, I think that was the very first oh, yeah. episode too. Um. It was it was neat. It was fun. And I think there is a season two of that coming out in 2023 or 2024. I think I read that recently. Mm. Well, they, and they really said the whole idea of like the the, the lightsaber showing kind of which side you're on. They kind of hammered that home too. Like yes. They ignite their lightsabers and it's always just trying to buy these red ones. And it's, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bleeding the crystals. 
Uh, but anywho, that's uh, that that that'll probably do it for us today, there, folks. Thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in. Uh, we hope you're enjoying everything. If you're not, let us know. Uh, send us a message on Instagram at Good Morning Alderon. Um, yeah, again, thank you, everyone, for being patient with us. I know this was two weeks in the making. Uh, we're we're going to try and be more consistent, but I know I have some travel coming up too, so ooh, we'll see. Anyways, uh, on behalf of my very handsome co-hosts, Sandy and Ryan, just want to say thank you so much for listening, and hey! Always be a Jedi in the streets. And a Sith in the sheets. Good night, everybody. Bye. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.